0: Brady throws the ball downfield. He's got Evans toward the end zone. Evans makes the catch. Touchdown Tampa Bay! What a great throw by Brady! This is Buccaneers Total Access. Fire the, Fire the cannons! Brought to you by Frontier. Uncable yourself. Get fiber internet. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Dropping to throw Mahomes. We run a stunt, Run a stop. We sack him at the 50-yard line. Wow! He's clobbered. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips.
1: Welcome into the Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. I am joined by cornerback Jamel Dean. Jamel, thank you so much for being with us.
2: Appreciate you having me.
1: Yeah, you. I mean, man, what a year you've been having. I know we're going to have to talk about this game that was not as fun, uh, but for you I feel like it's been a really successful start to the season. So first, let's just talk about the defense kind of overall that you guys came into this game giving up the least amount of points in the whole league. And then now I know, unfortunately, after this last game, that's not going to be a stat that's true anymore. So what just felt different defensively this game as compared to the other ones where you guys had just absolutely locked it down?
2: I feel like we wasn't locked in this game. You know, maybe it could have been for, like, what ha- what we had to go through this whole week. Not making an excuse, but I'm just saying possible, possible factors. Yeah. Like traveling Miami, then traveling back to Tampa. And then, you know, you got families to worry about so it could have been a lot of, of factors, but there's no excuse. We still got to execute the game plan because they're still going to play the game. They don't, they're not going to show any mercy.
1: Mm-hmm. So what do you feel like when you talk about executing the game plan, when you look back at some of the things that went wrong, what did it feel like it was that either wasn't being executed or communication or what the Chiefs were doing? Big picture now that you've had a, a day to kind of process it, what didn't go as well as it had gone in other games for you guys?
2: You know, I just feel like we wasn't playing for, like, each other this game. Mm-hmm. It was more of everybody was just doing their own thing, trying to make a play. But but football doesn't work like that. It's a team game. Like, everybody has to do their, do their job. So whatever, whatever play is called, you have to do it. If not, then it's going to just be chaos.
1: I would love to hear what Coach's message was uh, for you guys, either during the game or after the game. What, what did he say were his big thoughts and, and takeaways for you guys?
2: You know, it was mainly, like, just doing your job. Is just holding each other accountable. You know, he mentioned it early early in the week when the way we practice, like, hey, we need so we need we need leaders. Like, that it's gonna speak that's gonna like hold each other accountable because once he always say he know that we will be in a good spot when when players start like holding holding other players accountable for their actions. So now that's like now it's starting to sink in now, like he the fact that he's warning us, like he was giving us the, like the heads up of like what he see. So now the fact that we went out there performed, now it's like, okay, now we need like made some, made some adjustments now.
1: Do you feel like you are at a level in your career now and have been here long enough that you're one of the guys to hold people accountable? And I mean, you have some leaders like Levante, who's been here forever. And, and even guys like Will Golston has been here forever. But at what point do you consider yourself one of those people as well?
2: You know, I always try to be the guy to lead by example, but Eventually, I might need to like start stepping out of my shell more, just like being more vocal. I mean, I, as, as growing up, that that wasn't always me to be like the guy, like, "Hey, you need to do this, you need to do that, we need to keep it up." Like, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna stay positive. Like, I'm gonna keep like, "Hey, look, we still got, it's it's still more football left in the game. Like, we can't, we got to keep our composure." But now it's more like, "Hey, man, you you're slacking." Like, just calling people like on their flaws and stuff. Like, that's never been my 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 like my like my, 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 my way of handling things. Mm-hmm. So now, nah, see like it, you need, you need type of player that's going to like hold you accountable for like for stuff like that, just to make sure like you don't feel like you're just you just betting everybody betting everybody. But like my little core, I like to say like don't think like your stuff don't make don't make it seem like your stuff is like your stuff just don't stink because like it's always component time where eventually it might stink.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. It's a good that's a good message, and it's it's true to to be able to look at yourself and see different things may be asked of you at different points in the year or in your career. And where do you feel like your game is at specifically now as compared to years past that earned you this starting role this year and in a bigger role in the defense? What is it about your game that you're proud of at this point and that you feel like has gotten you here?
2: You know, I feel I'm proud of the fact that how, how much I matured now. Because like now I'm understanding the game more. It's slowing down for me. And then, like I'm starting to, like recognize plays and like see like if 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 a guy if if a team runs a, a one play, I can recognize in the next time that they're going to set it up. Could I? Could now? I feel like that that part of my game has just matured for me, making it like a lot easier for me.
1: Yeah, that's got to be an incredible feeling. And how would you rate your game uh, against the Chiefs on Sunday?
2: You know, I mean, I played I played pretty decent. Like it wasn't the best, of course, because we gave up 41 points, but. I'm not gonna to be too hard on myself. Like I did, I did what I was I was capable of doing. Like my guy didn't make any. Like my guy didn't make any touchdown. I didn't give up a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I didn't give up any like big plays of man coverage. So that's I'm just basing all that. So we're gonna just review the film and then whatever the coaches say, I just like all right. I'm just correct that.
1: We're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean. Um, I know that third down has been a big point of emphasis for you guys so far that each game that's been, even in the games when you guys were locking down and not giving up a lot of points, I know that you gave up more third down conversions than you would like to. And uh, against the Chiefs, it was I think they started out 9 of 10 on third down, ended up 12 of 17, something like that. What was it specifically on third down in this game or even just so far this season that has made getting off the field in those times not as effective as you guys would like?
2: Uh, It just really went in first and second down. So like the Chiefs, they they most of their third down situations are always third and short. So it it's kind of hard to even like game plan against like even mm-hmm. like call the, the the right play to even stop that because they can either run it or pass it because you're at their mercy. So like you know if you got them in third and long, you know they have to pass the ball. But not in, in that situation, they're like we had them in third and long, but then either we would lose contain we would lose contain on the quarterback. And then he will find Travis Kelsey somewhere, open in the zone, or they'll just be third and short, and they'll just either it in or just do like some type of like some type of trick play to catch us on to get us on our heel because we don't know what to expect.
1: Mm-hmm. And speaking of Travis Kelsey, I mean, obviously, it's not like you guys didn't know he was someone that Mahomes enjoys throwing to, in particular on third down. What makes him so difficult to try to cover, to try to contain, even when you know? That there's a good chance that he's going to be the target.
2: I mean, he very he's fluent in his route running. And he and he can recognize zones, and he all he's able to find the opens the open hole in the zones every time while Mahomes on the run. And then Mahomes know that he's going he's going to go to him. So they have like some type of connection where it's like, hey, just if I if I scramble this way, sitting in this zone right here, I'm going to find you. Like no matter what, it may not lo- it may not look like I'm looking at you, but. I'm looking at you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I know that there was a, the challenge for you guys even to start the game of coming out already your, your first time on the field is having to defend them in their red zone, and that's a tough way to start. What did that do for the momentum maybe, or how did that feel to have to go out there thinking that you're going to be watching the offense for a while, and instead you're going out there having to defend, starting right there in the red zone?
2: It was just out of control. Like, it caught us by surprise, but it's like, well, we got to go on the field, so the most we could do was holding the three. But that wasn't that didn't happen, so it, it wasn't ideal for us. Yeah, and
1: it, what is it for you guys that at the, the starts of the game, I know that before this game that was also something you guys had really talked about, trying to start a little faster, that again, even when you were giving up so few points, they were tending to come on those opening drives. And we know that's when opposing offenses have really tended to script things a lot, and I think it speaks highly to – um, your ability to adjust to be able to, you know, they've planned all that and then you guys were able to make adjustments, lock down the rest of the game. But what is it in those first drive or two so far this season that you guys feel like you aren't doing that you are able to do later in the game?
2: I don't know. I think, like, for some reason we got a habit of t- just trying to fill people out first, mm. which we shouldn't be doing because it always costs us points. It's like we we need to just go out there and just, just play our game. But – I guess like for some, I I don't know why it's like that, but it's like, it's almost like a habit that we can't break for some reason. Mm. So it's more of just, we just fill the guys out, see what their game plan is. And then once we figure out the game plan, now it's like, okay, this is what they want to do to us. Instead of just, just being us and then also figuring out what they want to do.
1: Imposing your will as compared to waiting to see what they do. Yeah. And uh, I know that the run game is something in particular you guys have really taken pride in the last few years. And um, that this this last game, 189 yards rushing from the Chiefs. What particularly in the in the rush game didn't go as well as you guys would have liked?
2: I mean, we just we wasn't making the plays when they come to, when they came to us. We're missing tackles, and then when we actually do make a tackle, we're not running our feet. So running back, the pile is driving. We stopping at, this long, the, at the line of scrimmage, but they getting an extra push for like three or four extra yards. So that's been like a that was like the major thing for us. So we gotta we're just working like once we make initial contact, that's where the play is.
1: hmm And I know that uh so we've we've gone through the things that I know you guys kinda wish you could have done differently, but there definitely were still some some positive things on the defensive side. And first I'd love to hear your thoughts on Sean Murphy Bunting getting in there, getting his, his first playing time on defense of the regular season and coming up with an, an interception right off the bat. What tell us a little bit about that play and then just what that says about him to be able to when called upon go in there and make a big play like that you No
2: know, I, I, pr- I was really proud of Sean knowing that this season hasn't been going like ideal for him, but the fact that he he came in after like we had an injury, so it's always we always have the next man up mentality, so I'm glad that like, he still would like be able to p- be able to p- be a professional and prepare like as if he was going to be in the game because we seen we've seen like them run that concept a lot and then to be able to, to be able to make like to play the call and then recognize it for him that was, that was big for that was big for us and I was really happy for him I'll tell like man wait, a great play that like, hey you can make another one
1: yeah that's incredible so you're saying this was a play that you guys you feel like this was a product of his film study essentially yeah
2: it was more of his preparation
1: that's great and uh Mike Edwards getting in there for a sack only his second of his career which I think a speaks to his increased role this year but b the fact that you know, Bowles likes to play a defense where anybody can do anything at any given time. It feels like so. Tell me about that play and just what that has meant for a guy like Mike to be able to already have a sack, interception, some of those big splash plays so far.
2: You know, it just showed that he's a versatile player. Like you can send him a blitz, he can he can cover. So like that that was big for us because we needed we needed that we needed that stop. And then the fact that you know most people they struggle like with Mahomes because he he's good at avoiding, avoiding sacks. So for Mike to come in and just make a clean sack on him, that was was big.
1: And then Anthony Nelson and Carl Nassib both getting in there to get sacks. Uh, What does that mean to see guys like them getting in there and and getting, I know Anthony's already had a few this year, but when it's your non-starting outside linebackers also being able to come in and know that you have that kind of depth of guys that can get after someone as elusive as Patrick Mahomes. What did that tell you about both of those two guys and what you've seen from them so far?
2: You know, it just shows that we we just have like guys that can get the job done for us. Like once they once they on the field, like I know I can trust them to get the job done. So all I know, I know, all I know is if I do my part, they're gonna they, they're gonna get the benefits of it because I know they're gonna win they're gonna win their one on ones.
1: It feels like you guys are really getting a lot of the big splash plays this year as a defense in terms of takeaways, sacks, things like that. Some of those game changing type of plays. I know that was a point of emphasis for you guys this off season. What feels different this year that has let you guys do that? Even in some games where, again, the big picture defensively didn't go how you wanted, but you're still producing some of those plays.
2: Uh, like I said, maturity level and then it's really like having trust trust with one another. So now, like, just going to like training camp and then we watch a film together. Like, hey, if you see this, this is how we should play it. Cause like we always meet, like we try to meet as much as we can so we can all see the same thing so we know how like like to play because like DBs we like a, we like on, we like on the string so we all try to like move together so like once we all like play in sync there's more play for us than our says we need turnovers and then we all want to like get our hands on the ball but the only way that there, you gotta let the play come to you and then you gotta be in the right you gotta be put yourself in the right position.
1: All right, well, we have plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with cornerback Jamel Dean, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio.
0: Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Here again is Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips.
1: Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. I am joined by cornerback Jamel Dean. Um, and I, another thing from the defense I wanted to talk about that I've loved is that we've now a couple times gotten to watch Vita Veya drop into coverage, which may be one of my favorite sentences I've ever said, second only to Vita Vea in as a fullback on offense. But what is it like to watch a guy like him and to see that he is capable of doing that and what, what that means to the defense?
2: You know, it, it means a lot to it. It's, it's actually fun to me. It's always funny to see like the bigger guys do our job. Yeah. Cause we always like make jokes like, man. We, cause I like I like mess with the D line. I like I I have a better get off than you, <laughs> and then they always say, "Well, I could I could drop the coverage better than you." So then, <laughs> the Astros see him do it, it's like like I like it's kind of awkward seeing the guy, three hundred pound guy, just dropping his up dropping the coverage. But they, they, he actually moved pretty good for, his, for like in his zone. Though. That's the funny part. Like in Green Bay, he dropped his own, and then had a good break on Astros, had a good breaking on one of the coverage against Green Bay to, to cause that forced fumble. Yeah.
1: So I was like, good. "Wow, that's incredible!" Yeah. So now you have to prove that you can go in and play D line, yeah, right? Yeah, now,
2: now I got to get just put my hand in the dirt and yeah. just get off on the ball.
1: Yeah, be the, be
2: the old lineman with a with a spin technique or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he he called your bluff there on uh, on that bet. That's amazing. Uh, so you you brought it up at the beginning of the show about what you guys had to go through in terms of the hurricane this last week, and I know that everyone on the team, just like what you said, is going to say no excuses and you have to get the job done. But I, I would love to hear how. This affected you guys in terms of your preparation. What it was like. What, and even just for you personally, when you heard what you guys were going to do and what the whole process was like, did you feel like it affected how you personally prepared, how the team overall, and just the the biggest things you think you'll remember even from this wild and crazy week? Well,
2: I can't speak for other, but I know for myself, I'm a real routine guy. So like something that like breaks routine, it would it would like juggle me a little bit, but I I made I'm able to adjust. But, you know, just being there just, like, last minute, like, hey, we might have to evacuate. Maybe we have to go to this city, but we're not sure. So, everything was, like, just going with, like, almost, like, going with the flow. Like, you're not sure. Like, you can't plan ahead for, like, how you want to, like, schedule, like, really, like, adjust your schedule to everything because you, you, you don't know. So, for me, like, it's kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm used to this routine that I do weekly to get myself prepared for the game. But now I got to do this. I got to do that. I can't do this because I got to do this. So, it's a lot.
1: Yeah. And what was it like to just watch even your team where there's families, there's kids, there's wives and girlfriends, even grandparents, there's dogs, there's a rabbit, <laughs> there's a whole traveling circus, essentially going down to Miami. What was that like to watch? And did you feel like you learned anything about uh, about your teammates on this trip?
2: And I just showed me that like it's almost like uh, I don't have a family, but just seeing, like, it's like it like I like what this might be like how life would be having a family like, as a man you have to like just sacrifice whatever to make sure you you got to do whatever you can to make sure your family is safe. Even if it's just last minute packing, like we got to evacuate, but you know, like they handled it, like seeing them like how the old, like how the vets handled it, like they handled it pretty good. Like it could have been a lot worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for you, we talked about how this start of the season has been, you know, the best of your career, I I would say so far. And uh, it started with that two interception game against the Saints, um, which already meant you'd matched your career high for the season in one game. So tell us specifically about that game and those two interceptions, what went well for you that game and um, how that felt and, and, and what essentially got you to the point where you were on the field for those opportunities, prepared for it and just what has built to that moment.
2: Uh, you know, it all started in the off season, just understanding, like, just talking to like the office, offensive guys, and so see like how they see defense, and then talking to Cole Boss, and then just him just let me know like how teams attacked us, and they he he told me that like, hey, this is the breakdown like the whole season, how like teams attacked us by formation, and then I just sat there and watched it the whole off season. So then just just seeing all that, and then like just preparing for the week, just seeing that what I need to see, and then like actually and then once I like I recognized in the game, now it's like like I'm like at first I'm like no way this is gonna happen. And then it ended up happening. I like, well now I get just gotta make the play. Yeah. So like the first one, I see I re- I kinda recognized I recognized the play from film. And then I just made it, just made a play on the ball. And then the second one, I recognized that play too, and then I realized the ball was overthrown, so I like Oh, I, I I gotta make this play now. Like yeah. overthrowing ball, like it's it's not too many opportunities you get where a quarterback just overthrows his receivers. Yeah. So, so being there, like being there like just just make those plays. I'm like, okay, I guess film study like really paying off for me.
1: Did you feel like this was a giant moment of I told you so from Coach Bowles in terms of how much he's worked on you on the mental side for you to now be admitting like, yeah, okay, maybe this film study thing works? Yeah, it it
2: probably is. I told you so. Like, I've been telling you this for so many years now, but it's finally second in. Like, you was a piece of work, but it's finally there. (laughs)
1: Is uh is that the sentiment that that Coach Bowles has expressed to you that you've been a piece of work for him?
2: Oh, I, I mean, just based off his action, you could tell that I was a piece of work for him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about the relationship that you guys have, and and maybe how it's evolved or changed over the years.
2: You know, like it was always it's almost like Bowles like almost like that father figure for me, and then I know like he's like he's like basically my my teacher, my mentor. So like just I ever since rookie year, I always just used to go out there and watch film with him. Try to pick his brain, but at the time, like it, it couldn't, it it couldn't register for me at the time because I was, I was young. It, it was new to me. Mm-hmm. But now, like he see now, like he he he's aware that everything started sinking for me. So now he could tell me something, and I will just be like, all right, he knows that I understand. You so, get it now. Yeah, I get it now. So if I do mess up now, it's really like the penalty is almost like five times worse now.
1: <laughs> he's like, because I know you know how to yeah, do. Yeah, like, because
2: I know you know now. <laughs>
1: And, uh, and also, I know he will let you hear about it because we always hear about how Coach Bowles is one of the best trash talkers around. Uh, do you have any particular memories of some pretty vicious uh, Todd Bowles trash talk directed at you?
2: Talking about during the game?
1: Oh, anytime. Game, practice, meeting rooms. I think I've heard it doesn't really have a uh, restraint on where it happens.
2: Oh, it, mainly, like, it was, it was just, even after the, uh, the Saints game when I had two interceptions, so he was still, like, no, like, I guess in the court, I'm too I'm their sideline. So, of course, he's in my ear before the play starts. So he will just like, D, back up. D, D, I told you back up. This, that, five, five, six. So then the play happened. Like, we got off the field. And then he's like, I don't care that you got two interceptions, this, that. I'm still going to be on you. Like, I'm sorry, boys.
1: Jeez. <laughs> Never good enough. Yeah, like, Even- it's so
2: hard. It's so hard to please you. <laughs>
1: is incredible we're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean uh do you ever try to give it back to him or does that feel like a a risky move
2: uh it might be a risky move if you try to give it back to him then most likely he's gonna find something on you just where he's just gonna like rub it in he's
1: always gonna have the last word yeah he's
2: always gonna have the last word
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing and what does it mean to you to have him for your whole career I mean I so many people in this league end up having to switch coordinators all the time or position coaches all the time and do you feel like that is a big part of why you, like you've talked about, that it finally sinks in for you now? Is that consistency?
2: Yeah, it's like being, just having that consistency and then just being around, being around a coach for years. So like, it's almost like he's developing you instead of like, okay, he, he developed me for this year. Then now I got to learn a new system from this guy, this guy. So like, it it helps out a lot knowing that you be around someone that just, just consistently teaching you the same, like what, teach you the same way, even just really teaching because A lot of coaches, they probably not out here, like, teaching their players the game. But Bowles, he really, like, he would literally sit down and, like, just teach you. And he would tell you why certain things, why he's doing certain things, and this is why you should play it this way. And then, like, have the evidence to back it up.
1: And what do you think it is about his defense that, besides just him being able to teach you, being willing to sit down and do that, the actual scheme that he has – what do you most like about it in terms of how it affects a corner specifically?
2: Well, I like it because, it, it, like, if you understand the defense, it allows the corners to like make make a lot of plays. So, like, if you know why why he's calling a certain play for a certain like pass concept, you know what to anticipate. So that's why you know he get a little frustrated when he do call certain things and then we don't actually make the play on it. he be like, "I just sat there and just told you like this is going to happen." <laughs>
1: Which is the worst thing. You never want to let him get the, I told you so. Yeah,
2: yeah. You don't, you like, it's just, when it happens, you just don't, don't bother look to the (laughs) sideline. Just, just just ignore it. Ignore (laughs) it,
1: (laughs) which I'm sure he loves. Uh, You talked about the importance of the secondary moving on a string and all being one unit. Tell me the ways that you guys work together during the week, how the meetings and practices are broken down the way that, because we've seen now even Antoine, who was a safety is now kind of playing at nickel and. The the way that this defense in particular makes you guys all really have to be more like one position group instead of two.
2: Yeah, so mainly like we all like watch a film like we all like we always good on the film like hey, I saw this on film. How are you, how are you guys going to play this? Because we I see it, we see it like this. How you guys see it? So it's almost like having like a comp like a, like a confirmation between between us two. So, but so. When we get to like we before practice start, we were discussing then to the go through and the walk through it, the, and, the, and then the practice when it happens, what happens full speed. So now it's like okay, we like it better. Like we like it like better. Like this, this how we should see it playing on the game as well. So then during the game, be like, hey, remember this? Remember this play?
1: Yeah. And how about Coach Ross? Tell me uh, what you like about him as a position coach, and and especially having, I mean, you have him and then Coach Bowles who both played. In the league, and how that can affect the way they're able to coach you, and and the way you guys are able to interact.
2: So like we, so like as corners, we know that Rock knows he talk. Uh, know what he's talking about because he played a position. Yeah. He, he he played it pretty. He
1: pretty dang well. Pretty
2: dang well. Yeah. So why not listen to it? Cause he he know what we going through. He seen it. He's seen everything we seen. So like just just being able like having that like understanding with him like it's not like one of the coaches where. They bought the a book. He just coached us based off of experience. Every time he'd be like, "Well, I'm not going. To, I'm not. I don't coach robots. <laughs> but if I see this, I'm gonna play it this way because of what I what I went through. And I would hate for you guys to experience what I went through, not doing it this way. And then when it and then so like he's like, "Okay, why not take his word on it? Because he mm-hmm. played he played for 14 years in league, like most." That's, that's that's It stands beyond, like, the average years of, a, guy, of oh, yeah. a, pl- a football player plays in the league.
1: Yeah, that's a long career. And how about with Casey Rogers and Larry Foote taking over kind of larger roles on the defense because of Coach Bowles getting promoted? Did that have any effect on you guys in terms of the way you related to, you know, these two guys who were not your position coaches, but now they have some roles like a defensive coordinator? Did that change anything for you guys, or is that more on the coaching side? It's
2: more on the coaching side. But I mean, they still like it's still the same for us because they still give us their their like their input of Mm -hmm. what they seen on the film, and then we take we take that in consideration too, because like we all got to see the same thing on defense,
1: right? And uh, how about for you getting to still play alongside Carlton after all these years of getting to be seeing him at Auburn, and then now you guys are the two starting outside corners here. You know, I imagine that going back to college to imagine that you two would go on to play. You know, opposite each other in the NFL and won a Super Bowl together—that uh, that would have just blown your minds back then.
2: Yeah, it it it, it really blows. It It actually started in high school because because yeah. I've, I've been knowing because back when Ohio State was recruiting us, both of us was committing to Ohio State.
1: Oh, that's crazy. So like,
2: I, we've been knowing each other for like for years. Yeah. So then, I, and I guess like one like uh, one time for the simplified All, All American game in high school in California. So I got I got I got there early. So I thought I had a room to myself. So I took I was taking a nap. <laughs>
1: You were just living a yeah, I, I, life. I like, I like
2: yeah, I like ah, I got a whole room to myself. <laughs> and then I heard someone open the door and I like kinda like moved the cup moved the cover from my head and seeing Carlton walk in. I was like, wow, this guy my roommate too.
1: Yeah, I can't get right away from him.
2: <laughs> yeah, this she like it just seemed like we've just been following each other for years. So like being there, like be side by side and Auburn and then Tampa Bay and then winning the Super Bowl together, like it's it's like it's like it's memories that we're gonna always cherish forever.
1: That's incredible. And what have you seen of how he has grown and changed? The fact that you have gotten to watch him—high school, college, and pro—how have you seen him on the field and off? Who has Carlton been throughout all of that?
2: Well, I mean, Carlton has always been the same with me. Like he's the same guy I met since high school. So I just like the fact that he hasn't changed. It. And now, like now that we in the league together, so we really like this. Yeah. Like we almost do everything together. So like it's almost like just being on the field, like being on the field with each other. We know that. We can trust one another to get the job done, and then like whenever one makes a play, it's always excitement between us two. And it's like it's like, yeah,
1: <laughs> like, we worked our whole life for this. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. And and what has made him so successful on the field? What are what are the things that maybe we don't even notice or see that have given him the success he's had?
2: Well, you know, it just his his passion for the game. Like he take pride in like want to be want to be one of the best corners in the league. So like, you know, a, a lot of teams respect him and a lot of teams respect him. They know he capable of like long, tall, can run and then can make plays on the ball. Like, well, you can't really ask more for a corner like him. Can like he tell like, he take pride in film study and he take care, he do well, take care of his body as much as he can. So he like, you know, it's really like bit inspiration. My like inspiration seeing him do that, knowing that I've been knowing you for this year and I'm just seeing you grow as a player each year. So, you know, it makes – like, it's just real motivating. Like, like why yeah, – I was looking at myself like, why can I be like that too?
1: Yeah, you want to be like Carlton. That's great. All right, we have plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with cornerback Jamel Dean brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio.
0: You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Here's Bucs team reporter Casey Phillips.
1: Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. I'm joined by quarterback Jamel Dean. And uh, we were talking about your Auburn days. And I would love to just a little bit more talk about your journey football-wise because I think you have one of the most inspiring stories in terms of football and what you've gone through to still be playing here at this point. So take us through a little bit about – your recruitment—you mentioned Ohio State recruiting you, and what happened to you in high school—that the reason we're talking about you going to Auburn and yeah. not Ohio State.
2: So it started back in high. School. I got my first offer going into my junior high. My junior year in high school, and it was Ohio State.
1: Heck of a first offer, <laughs> right?
2: I know, right? So then I took a visit there, and I, I was just I, I just loved the campus because it was new for me because I never like really like been outside of Florida, mm. and to go from Florida all the way up north to see like how well, the north I like. How it is up north?
1: The white stuff that isn't sand—that's
2: snow. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like once I went up there, like man, they just it, like I, I at that moment, there, I was like, yeah, I, I'm all Ohio State. So I uh, like any any school that tried to come talk to me, like they drove all. I told them like, nah, I'm good. Like I'm I'm all Ohio State, man. I'm going there. I'm I'm committed. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: So then you know, I had up like so like going to my senior year. I had already I had already made the decision to early enroll, so to get there and get there in the spring semester. So like on my so like mind you, my junior year, I ended up tearing my 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 ACL and my meniscus. All in all, all like literally on my last my last it was like the last week of the practice. Ugh. Last day of the practice. So I ended up tearing that. And then I got got surgery done. And then like going into my senior year, my very last, my last game of my senior year, I retore my meniscus. Mm. So instead of, like, repairing it, they just shaved it off. So, like, I said, so now I go to Ohio State. I send them my MRI before I go out there. come, like, hey, I just had surgery, and this is the results right now. So they're like, oh, you good. You just got to come up there and rehab, and then you'll be fine. So then now get there. I get there, and then I get another MRI done, and all of a sudden, it's just completely different. Mm. So now they was telling me, like, yeah, this and that, the way your knee's set up. We don't see you playing for a program like Ohio State, but wow. you could play anywhere else that's not like Ohio State. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, that don't make sense to me. Yeah. So I could play anywhere else that's other than Ohio State. That's what y'all telling me. And like, yeah, like we had a guy that that had the same had same situation as you, and he couldn't withstand that workout. And I was like, well, Can I get the same opportunity that this guy had? Yeah. To see like my, see my knee holder not just you know, but they wasn't trying to hear that. So they're like, yeah, just this. What do you? They like the way your knees set up. You only, even if we did let you play, you would have like a three percent chance of being successful in football. So I was like, wow. I'm a math, so I'm a math guy. I was trying to figure out like where this percentage came from. Yeah,
1: it's a very random. I percent. Like, 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 God, I like, not three, zero, not, not five not, or ten, like yeah. three? three,
2: like Jesus Christ. <laughs> but you know, I like, you know what? I take, I take my chances and all that. So, yeah. So you're you know.
1: saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, like it's
2: a chance, like three percent. It wasn't zero, but I yeah. will take my chances on yeah. it. So that so while I was on campus, I ended up uh I ended up getting like a, I ended up going to see Dr. James Andrew at his at his institution in Gulf Breeze, Florida. So like you know, it was like a leap of faith. Like I luckily my luckily I knew luckily my friend dad he had like connects to where he reached like able like to reach out to him and give me that opportunity to see him because I heard that he was like one of the best doctors like in the country. Yeah. So went to go see him and then he like he checked me out. He was like yeah. This and that, like, oh, well, your knees look pretty good. All you need to do is just rehab and all that stuff. So I like, and you're all right, like, cool. this is what
1: I've been trying to say.
2: All right, so all right, cool. So now don't like the whole, like, so like now I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still around Ohio State. So I ended up finished out my semester. I'm talking to Auburn. I'm talking to Auburn because like apparently other schools that like that was talking to talking to Ohio State, they were telling like, hey, the way his knees set up, he won't be able to play for you guys. Wow. Yeah, like they were just, like basically just bashing my bashing bashing my name to, to like other schools. Man. But the fact that they was like, any like, like anytime, any time, bit, any bit time school was like, was trying to like, look at me, they were bashing, but like, any small schools.
1: They were like, oh sure. Yeah, yeah. they were
2: like, oh cool, like we good with it. Yeah. So, so now all been talking to me this day, they're like, yeah, this and that, you know, we like you, we, we had a scholarship right cause like you already passed like the medical exams with our doctor. I was like, wait a minute, like, y'all like, y'all team doctor is Dr. J Dr. Andrews? Like, yeah, so just like I was like, oh wow, look how, how that cut. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that.
1: That's amazing.
2: So yeah, so you know, they ended up making the making the transfer to Auburn, you know, that, back then before the whole rules chamber of college where you could transfer and still play the same now. Back then it was you transferred, now you have to sit, sit out, out, out the shirt. So I, I I made it through the whole shirt year. And then going to my set going to like my first year, my first season eligible to play in like a regular game, I ended up reti I ended up tearing my other AC. Oh my
1: gosh. I cannot imagine mentally at that point.
2: Oh man, I was like, I was depressed. Like yeah. I was just saying, like, is football really for me at this point? Like, is it a sign? But you know that that's when like the whole thing about mental health. That's why like I really like spoke about that because I was really like that was like the lowest I ever been in my life. Yeah. Like I could I, like, I wanted to just be done with college, football, with just everything. Cause I was just, like, it's like, what what's, what I, what I'm here for? Like, I feel like I don't have a purpose because everything keeps setting me back. But, you know, I looked and I had like good people my, I had like good support systems. So yeah. I pushed through and then like the very next year, like the very next year, I finally was able to play football like healthy. So it took like, maybe like what? It
1: was almost, that four years almost between like two years in high school you're dealing with those yeah, and so sitting like, out a year yeah, and then was like, so like
2: I couldn't like really, fi- like it's like I couldn't really even finish the season. So when I finally like, got healthy and was able to play, like I feel like I just like overcame a hump.
1: Yeah. That's that's incredible, and we're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean, and especially to hear about all those knee injuries, and that one of the biggest things you're known for is your speed, is just incredible, and it speaks to how well you rehabbed and, and how much work you put in to get to this point. Um, I mean, you ran what a four three at the yeah, combine, I went, is that four right? Three oh. Four three zero. Oh, four three zero, man, that's <laughs> incredible. And I, I would you say where would you put yourself on the team in terms of speed?
2: Oh, I'm, a, I'm gonna always say I'm the fastest until <laughs> someone beats me. They have to show, somebody really have to beat me a race for me to not, for me to not believe that they're faster. That than they're
1: me. faster than you. That's <laughs> amazing. I love that. And I, I heard that you even had to give up the chance uh, to go to the state track meet because you were playing spring football yeah, back. Man. Yeah,
2: So yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, I, I was a football and track guy. Yeah. So I sacrificed my, I sacrificed my, my last year of track, track, just the early enroll. Cause I was on a good track, like, I mean, besides me tearing my ACL by junior year. So like my sophomore year, I went 10, five and a hundred. So oh. I was to project it like to go like Jeez. 10 flat or yeah. nine just out of my senior year, but wow. I forfeit that.
1: Man, that's how you knew you loved football. Uh, what do you think you could run now?
2: Uh, i give myself maybe by like a 10, four.
1: Yeah, that's not too shabby. If I actually
2: train for it, lose drop a couple drop a of pounds. I like myself at like 10, You like 4. your
1: chances there? Um, did you ever think at that time when you were considering not playing football or you didn't know what was gonna to happen to your career, did you think about what you would do instead?
2: So like, I always had my plan of, like getting my mechanical engineering degree. Wow. But uh, apparently that's another, that's another crazy story that happened with me. So in high school, I, was, I did the dual enrollment program where I took college classes in high school. So I could already have, like, those, have those, those credit hours going into the university. Cause my mind said I was just like, let me get this, let me get my credit now, so when I get to college, you I can graduate, leave. I can graduate early, and then I can actually leave lead to go to the lead early. Yeah. But I still have my degree. Mm-hmm. But when I got so, both so I guess so from Ohio State. So when my credit transfer from Ohio State to Auburn, they basically saw like, oh man, you are technically a sophomore, so you don't miss you like you're you're really behind because you missed all your fr- your freshman year. Of, you didn't take your freshman year of classes, but I'm just like. This is my freshman year, yeah. technically. So I was like, wow, I really got punished for Having
1: being an overachiever. That. That's so crazy. So you would have wanted to do engineering yeah. if not for football.
2: Yeah, I was going to be a mechanical engineer because like, I, I, I was a nerd in math. <laughs> like, math came so easy for me. That's so, right. that's why
1: you got hung up on that three percent chance of yeah, playing that's football. What, that's yeah, that's
2: what threw me off with the three <laughs> percent.
1: <laughs> so, do you feel like that's something you would still want to do after football now?
2: Well, nah, I done been out of, I not been out of. no yeah, now t- we've forgotten the. Yeah, matter. Like, I done been out of school <laughs> too long, so now i'm just more focused on like just learning like different different investments now Mm. like i've been like you're you're doing
1: the carl Nassib you know learning about investing here is that right yeah Yeah. so
2: i so i've been like ever since i got to leave i've been reading books lately about like an investment like i've been looking up really reading books on real estate reading books on trucking like the trucking like trucking industry so, I like, think
1: it's safe to say you're still a nerd. I think we can. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I still,
2: <laughs> I still like learning. As of right now, I'm still, I'm learning a second language now. So no
1: way! What are you learning? I'm learning Spanish. That's awesome. How how good are you at at this point?
2: So like, I got it. I can hear it, but I still, I just got to work on like speaking, be more mm. confident speaking.
1: Mm. Can we hear a phrase? Tell, say something in Spanish for us. Let's hear. Let's hear how you're doing.
2: Oh, uh, la vida es una.
1: Oh, okay. What does that mean?
2: Life is, life is only one.
1: Oh, okay. I like that you're not even just learning Spanish. You're learning inspirational phrases in Spanish. Uh, how are you excited for the trip to Germany? Do you feel like you might want to learn a little German?
2: Uh, I mean, just to like be able to like have small conversation mixing. Like I, I, like I know a little German, but I might learn a little phrase and just like walk around and try it out.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. So like,
2: cause like, I am like, now that like just like visiting different countries, like it opened my, it like, it, it opened my mind more. Like of like just being like more open-minded just mm-hmm. seeing like other countries like their ways of like living life so mm-hmm. I, I got a, a different appreciation level because i know like united states is not the only country in the world
1: yeah that's incredible i love that and so for you looking back at you obviously were into football very early and very young who do you remember watching that inspired you and that you really tried to model your game after when you were younger
2: oh so that's so really it was richard sherman
1: oh that's crazy yeah
2: so like, so I, I, was, I was like, I was watching, so I was like, I mean, I like watching Richard Sherman. So I, I like, like, he's my eye, like he just like, I'm tall just like him, this and that. Yeah. And then being able to, like, to have him be like on t- the same team, as I was like, Don't make
1: it oh my out. God. <laughs> you're having a little starstruck moment. Yeah,
2: <laughs> like, it's just Richard Sherman in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love that NFL players can geek out over other NFL players, like people <laughs> would feel that way about you. People would be like, "Oh my gosh, I get to meet Jamel Dean," and then you're saying, "Oh my gosh, this is Richard Sherman."
2: Yeah, so like that—that that was like of like the, that was probably like the highlight of my career just being able like to say like, "Yes, I played with Richard Sherman." The guy, I got, I like, I try to out my game after.
1: That's incredible. Did do you feel like he helped you out, or or was uh, speaking any wisdom into you? Oh
2: man, he he like be, just being around just. Having him in my presence made made me want to be better, mm-hmm. and then him like giving me like like tips, and, like how like he actually like taught me like like prepare like being prepared like how to prepare for a game, mm-hmm. and then like just playing better like so like like trusting he basically like telling me like look trust what you see you watch film you study like why like the opposition already hard so like just just watch film and then like if they don't show you that if the office don't show you that they doing. X, Y, and Z, don't play for it. Play for what you see. Yeah. Because my mind started just like, dang, what, what if they do this? What if they do that? Like, what, did they show it? i like, no. I'm like, well, then what, what, then what are you playing for? Just play, just play, just play what you see. I'm like, oh. you know what? Yeah. I'll, i i I'll
1: try that. That's amazing. All right. We have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest with cornerback Jamel Dean, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. <laughs>
0: Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucs team reporter Casey Phillips.
1: And it's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters owls Nest with cornerback Jamel Dean. We were talking about how you grew up watching Richard Sherman and that that was a guy that was very influential in your career. Who do you like watching now that's playing currently?
2: You know, I I, I, like, I enjoy watching Trayvon Diggs because I mean, his ball skills are just amazing. And then really, Darius Slay, I really like watching Darius mm-hmm. Slay. Come back. in my eyes, he, he probably he don't get enough credit, but he's probably like one of the best corners in the game right now. Even though he don't like great, like granted, Jalen Ramsey,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know we know who he is. Yep. But I just feel like Darius Slay don't get enough like recognition.
1: Interesting. How about uh, some of the other guys that you're playing with back in the secondary? You, you mentioned. How important it was for you to have a vet like Richard Sherman come on the team? How about a guy like Logan Ryan? What have you seen from the the way that he's come in here and got his first interception as a Buccaneer last week, and uh, what he's meant to the secondary and to this uh, this defense so far?
2: Really like the whole like just being able like just share his experiences, and then being able like to communicate with us like, hey, look, this when you get this, see when you get this certain formation, this what you get. And then he's always just like basically just communicating with the whole game, like letting them know what to be aware of. So like having that like that vet like that vet in the back end like helps out a lot too, because sometimes you get like so caught up in the moment, then you need him to be like, hey, remember this this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Just stick to the gameplay. Like he, he like he brings a like calming a, presence. Like yeah, a calming presence, yeah. always positive.
1: Briefly talked earlier about Antoine Winfield moving into the slot more, into the nickel position. What have you seen from him? And, and explain to people how impressive that is that, hey, he was already a guy who came in as a rookie and played for a Super Bowl championship team at an incredibly high level, and then to already be essentially playing a different position this quickly and at a high level in the NFL. Tell us how difficult what he's doing is.
2: You know, it's real difficult to go from, like, safety. I mean, it's almost like safety and nickel is almost like the same thing, so it wasn't really a hard transition for him like physicality like like just like the physicality wise is a little different cuz now you guard like slot receivers more.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So like for him to be, like make that transition and still like execute and still be able to make plays, like it's really like show like he's, he's very versatile.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. And so now looking ahead to this next game, we're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean. You got the Atlanta Falcons coming in here and I know in particular does it feel like it is important to get a win at home, after not starting that way so far this year. I
2: mean, uh, now uh, after like last last night loss, now it's like very important because now we it's it's a race for the race for like the number one spot in the division because we're tied with Atlanta right now. So now like, this game gonna determines who's number one. So like if we could like control like at least be able to control our destiny, like we ha- we have to get a W, we have to win.
1: Yeah.
2: Because like we lose now, we number two, and then no telling like they could probably win. They could probably win out. Mm-hmm. So like. Why not, like, if we could, like, at least control, like, the variable, like, we, we need to win.
1: Yeah, and it, it does make this game feel, even this early in the season, important when it is a di- every divisional game matters so much. So looking at, they, you know, the Falcons had been a team that had a lot of similarities for a long time, especially on their offense. That they were, you know, you had Matt Ryan, you had Julio Jones, you had Russell Gage, and then now you you guys have stolen a couple of those. Matt yeah. Ryan's moved on, you have Marcus Mariota there. And one of the nice things if, about a divisional opponent is that you typically know them so well already. But now this is a, a very different looking offense in some ways for them. So what do you feel like the biggest things are going to be that you have to look out for, or what could be similar or different to some of those previous matchups with them?
2: Uh, I mean, I haven't like look, I haven't like started watching film on them yet, but I'm pretty sure we gotta be like we gotta be ready for a mobile quarterback because we know Marcus Mariota he he can run he he got he got some he got some speed to him. And then they have like out. They have receivers that he, they have receivers that can make plays on the ball. Like, well, Kyle Pitts not a receiver, but he plays like a receiver. Right. You got Kyle Pitts, and then the rest of the guys they have. Like, I'm not sure who they are. I gotta watch film. Yeah. Again. So like you know you just can't you can't take them lightly. You can't take them lightly because they now they they very they very aware of the situation. That like, this is a race for the number one spot.
1: Yeah. And so you mentioned watching film, and we've talked about how you feel like you're so much better at preparing for a game. What does that prep look like for you now like you're about to start watching film for the Falcons what are the things that you like to watch for that and how that's maybe changed of of the little things that for you would be all right now I feel prepared for this game
2: uh I normally watch film based off of formation and then I just identify which player which player like who's like which player like what's what's each receiver role in this offense so that's what I look for and then so now I'll be able to figure out okay this person lines up here I could I could dictate which concept I'm gonna get based off of who's where. So I basically just watch about formation and see what they like to do and then I watch about a game and see like, okay, what is their like go to like once, once, once I watch about a game, then I see about like situation now, what they do in this situation, what they do, other situation, how they who they, who they, who, are they, who are they going to and what's the, like their favorite like their past concept. So once I like figure that out, then I like okay I, I got a good understanding of like what they do in each formation.
1: Yeah, and who did you say are the toughest people you've had to go against either this year or just your career overall?
2: Uh, it was really tough to like really like our receivers like Mike <laughs> Evans, Julio, and then even the year before Antonio Brown. Like man, you yeah. Your like,
1: toughest matchups have been at practice. Yeah, it's
2: always been at practice. And then granted, like maybe like outside outside the facility, maybe my one of my toughest matchups was probably. DK Metcalf, but mm. well, it got me to like my work to the NFL game. But
0: yeah.
2: now, it's a little different now. Who was probably like my toughest matchup? Calvin Ridley, too. Mm. Like, he, he's 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 like a real fluid guy in his, uh, his route running.
1: Yeah. And you talked about Mike. What was it like to watch him get a chance to come back and uh, make up for lost time, shall we say?
2: Oh, man. It's like he didn't miss a beat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> two so, touchdowns. Two
2: touchdowns. Man, a a couple gra- nice grabs, like man, like well, this is what we were missing out on last week. This he shows why he's Mike Evans.
1: Yeah, and why he's a little hard for you in practice to do.
2: Yeah, with. I be sitting like I be watching other comments like yeah. I
1: I know I, what that's I know. like. <laughs> I know how bad this is for you. Um, so for you, top goal for this next week individually, and then maybe as a defense.
2: You know, as a defense man, we just gotta be able to like just bounce back from a bad game. We played terrible. And it's not about. It's always about how you respond. Cause now, we show like what we weak at, and like can we grow from that? So like really big is just just making just making the correction so it don't happen again. And for me, I just be just want to get my hands on the ball. Either I don't I don't want a PBU. I want interceptions now, but. Can't complain with PBUs, well, you really can't complain.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Bulls will find a way to complain to you, right? Yeah, you really can't complain. (laughs) All right, well, that is going to do it for us. Jamel, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome, and thanks to all of you guys for listening. This has been Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with cornerback Jamel Dean, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio.